Thank you, Jordy, for that gripping description for our listeners. Now let's get into what we saw with our own eyeballs, boys. What are we feeling about the episode? Is the Force strong with this one? Or is it another failed clone? What did we think? Uh, Who's going first? (laughs) I don't even want to talk. Three men who also happen to be best friends as well as a bunch of complete movie nerds are on a mission to save the world with a podcast that really honestly doesn't help with or solve any of the world's problems whatsoever sorry please grab your bowl of popcorn and your sugar-free beverage get to your seats sit back relax and enjoy a brand new episode of all screens and sizes listeners of all shapes and sizes welcome back to all screens and sizes or if it's your first time we are so happy to have you here with us this is episode number 10 of the podcast we've reached double, double digits. digits boys oh 10, 10. this is no small feat considering the amount of thin ice we continue to dance across each week <laughs> With that being said, we have reached the epic season finale of The Mandalorian Season 3, and I cannot wait to discuss our initial feelings and reactions. But first, let's check in with the other two members of the council, Jordy and Phil. What's going on? Hey, Nick. uh, Good to have you back, man. Good to see your face. Happy we get this thing going. No technical issues whatsoever, man. Smooth, smooth sailing, baby. Um, I'm good, man. Had a day off today in the middle of the week for the first time in... I think ever uh, in, in my basketball season. So woke up, watched the finale, went on a little walk, been trying to get my episodes of Succession in, been binging the hell out of that. You should definitely watch that. Anyone else who's listening, go watch Succession, catch up before the finale so you can experience that with the rest of the world. Um, and yeah, been looking forward to doing this pod with you guys all dang day. What about you, Phil? How you been, man? Oh, we're good. The degenerate I am. I've won some NBA parlays, so that's been really funny. <laughs> oh, also lost a few, but I've won several. Uh, succession, I'm caught up, of course. Elite, go watch it, just like Jordy said. Uh, went and saw Renfield last night. Oh, I did see. Yeah, we watched. Me, it's imp- it's an pr- impressive feat, Phil. We we're across the pond, six-hour time difference, and we were able to sync up a movie, a movie theater together. visit to watch Renfield. How I'm about jealous. that? I'm so jealous. stay tuned. We'll be doing a review soon of the of the things we've watched recently. Um, and then what else? Oh, I get to go see Beetlejuice, the musical tonight. So I'm excited for that. Nice. That'll so be as fun. As I get off here, I'm gonna get all dressed up in my nice button up and go hang out with the wifey. Hair gel. We putting hair gel in tonight, Phil. Oh, I don't know about hair gel. I don't even have <laughs> hair. You see this receding hairline? Goodness <laughs> gracious. Love it. Love it. What about you, Nick? Well, I just got done from seeing uh, Super Mario Bros, which was just a hell of a time at the theater. Again, we'll be discussing more of these things later. And uh, yeah, other than that, I, I need to start Succession. You guys have got me going. Yes. I, need to, I need to start Do Succession it. and get caught up. After you watch Daredevil. Ugh, I don't think we're going to get there. All boys. four it's, seasons. It's too late. I'm too late. I'm too late for that. Oh, oh man. So again, guys... 
We are here. For the final time. At the season three finale, episode eight, chapter 24, titled The Return, which also marks the return of our man directing his second straight episode, whose name I will not subject Phil to try to pronounce it yet again, <laughs> the multi-talented Rick Famayua. Famayua. That's what we're looking what up, for, Rick? Famayua. What up, for the record... Fama Yua, I got it. There you go, Phil. Love it. Yeah, Love it. Progress. Now we're gonna send it over to Jordy for another brisk yet lively summary <laughs> oh of this God. week's episode. I'm really impressed you were able to make it through all the whole season by still coming up with new stuff every single week. <laughs> I'm happy to take it away one last time for this man. You make it so season. easy to find just beautiful adjectives <laughs> to describe those <laughs> those gripping summaries oh man thank you very much nick let's dive right into the season finale of mandalorian season three and this finale picked right back up where we left off with last episode as bogotan kreese leads the surviving mandalorians to safety she tells axe wove that moff gideon has set up a base on mandalore and is currently sending his starfighters to attack the mandalorian fleet above she tells him to evacuate the capital ship and use it as a decoy. Since they can't fight and beat them in space, she says they will have to fight them on the ground. Wove said he's entering the upper atmosphere and will carry out her orders. Due to the stormy conditions, communication is pretty patchy. But after retreating into the tunnels of Sundari, Bo-Katan and her warriors exchange fire with Gideon's Imperial Armored Commandos, and they use thermal charges to slow down their pursuers. While Din Djarin is being escorted by commandos through the corridors of Gideon's base, he breaks free of his captors and fights them. One of the commandos managed to wrap a fiber cord whip around Jarn's neck, but Grogu, who is riding IG-12, steps in, takes the commando down, and saves his papa. He frees Jarn of his restraints, then Jarn thanks Grogu before telling him that they must take out Moff Gideon or it will never end. Then Jarn contacts R5-D4, telling him that he needs to infiltrate the base and find the location of Gideon's command center. Wolves then arrives to relay Bo's orders to the captain to leave the capital ship behind as a decoy. He proceeds to take the helm while the other Mandalorians evacuate onto dropships and the gauntlet. They complete their evacuation just in time as the Imperial TIE fighters and bombers launch their attack on the former Imperial Wolves takes out cruiser. some of the enemy starfighters and bombers, but the capital ship sustains considerable damage and seems to not be savable. Din and Grogu reach Gideon's command center, which is guarded by more armored commandos and red barrier shields. Din Djarin tells R5-D4 via comlink to deactivate the shields one at a time on his command. And in perfect teamwork, R5 proceeds to open the several different shields up that are very reminiscent of the end of episode 1, Phantom Menace, and then proceeds to kick absolute ass, wave after wave of troopers on his way to Moff Gideon. A pack of mouse droids then, sirens and all, discovers R5, but the astromech droid fires an electric shot at the smaller droids. And despite the delay, R5 manages to be a hero and unlock the fourth row of shields as Din Djarin shoots the remaining guards with a stolen blaster. Din Djarin, along with Grogu, walk into Gideon's laboratory, which is full of tanks containing clones of Gideon. When one of the clones opens his eyes and awakes, Din Djarin tampers with the control, causing the tanks to explode and spill out water. We then cut back to Bo-Katan, who takes command as their group activate the jetpacks. 
Together, the Mandalorians fly into battle against Gideon's armored commandos, who also don jetpacks. Bo epically wields the Darksaber in combat and uses it to cut down several enemy soldiers midair, while the armorer, also completely in her style, takes down trooper after trooper. While the epic Mandalorian aerial battle continues, Din and Grogu enter Gideon's command room. Gideon enters through a second door and is furious that Din killed his four sensitive clones before they could draw their first breath. Din Djarin fires at Gideon, but his blaster bolts bounce off his Beskar armor. Din Djarin charges at Gideon with his jetpack, but Gideon hurls him aside. The two fight in hand-to-hand -hand combat in the hangar. Then, the Imperial Praetorian guards join the fight and attack Din Djarin with their Electro Staffs. They seem to be too much to handle for Din, but then Grogu steps in with IG-12 to distract them and lead the Praetorian guards his way. Din rushes to protect Grogu, but Gideon uses a fiber cord whip to drag him back. The Praetorian guards hack off IG-12's arms, but Grogu jumps to safety onto a pair of overhead platforms. Gideon meanwhile burns Din Djarin with his flamethrower, but is unable to scorch his armor. Gideon gains the upper hand due to his dark trooper armor. At the same time, Bo-Katan takes down more Imperial armored guards in aerial combat and rams into Gideon before he can finish off Din. She tells Din to go save Grogu. Gideon asks both if she's going to surrender or fight this time, but Bo-Katan draws the Darksaber in return while Gideon draws a purple Electro Staff. Grogu attempts to force jump and stay alive, but one of the Praetorian guards cuts off a part of the platform that he lands on, causing Grogu to fall. Grogu cries out in fright, but Din Djarin arrives just in time and shoots one of the Praetorian guards in the back. An awesome tag team fight ensues, with Din fighting while being assisted with Grogu's force pushes and pulls, defeating the Praetorians in style. While all this is going on, X-Wolves radios all Mandalorians, telling them that he plans to ram the flaming, crashing Mandalorian capital ship right into Gideon's base. He tells them to evacuate their forces. But Gideon has the upper hand in his battle with Bo-Katan. He demands that she hand over the Darksaber, but she launches a renewed attack. However, Gideon is ready and uses his gauntlet to damage and then destroy the hilt of the Darksaber. He removes her helmet and kicks her to the ground. Gideon taunts Bo-Katan and says the Mandalorians are nothing without their little trinkets. But she retorts that Mandalorians are actually stronger together. And at that moment, Din Djarin shoots Gideon from behind and forces him to the edge. And right above all of this, Wolves escapes the stricken Mandalorian capital ship as it plunges like a dagger into Gideon's underground base. While the Mandalorians flee the Doom base, Gideon continues to exchange fire with Bo and Din. Grogu uses the force to hurl Gideon's electrostaff down the edge as debris starts to rain down. An explosion follows, Gideon is consumed by the Inferno, but Grogu uses the Force to create a Force bubble around both Din Djarin and Bo-Katan to save our heroes once again. Following the defeat of Gideon, the Armorer holds a ceremony at the Living Waters in the Mines of Mandalore. Ragnar completes his ceremony and Din Djarin arrives with Gogu to place him at the edge of the Living Waters as well. Din Djarin tells the armorer that Grogu is now no longer a foundling, but an apprentice. He asks her to add him to the song. 
But since Grogu is too young to speak, she thinks that he is too young to take the creed. She says that he must remain a foundling. When Din Djarin asks if his parents can give him permission, the armorer counters that Grogu's parents are far from here, even if they're alive at all. Grogu babbles sadly. Din Djarin replies that he will adopt Grogu as his own. The armorer accepts the adoption and says this is the way. The armor decrees that it will be written in song that Din Djarin is accepting this foundling as his son. Grogu smiles as the armorer names him Din Grogu, an apprentice. The other Mandalorians chant, this is the way. Grogu babbles cheerfully. We then cut beneath the depths of the living waters and see the mythosaur once again opens its eye. Later, the armorer hands Bo-Katan a flame to light the Great Forge. Mandalorians from both factions chant for Mandalore as the forge is rekindled. Din, now with Din Grogu as his apprentice, decides to work with the New Republic off the record as an independent contractor while settling down in a nice and quiet cabin on Navarro. As a gift, Din Djarin also gives the town a rebuilt and reprogrammed IG-11 who will serve as the new Marshal of Navarro. Happy ending, that's all, folks. Thank you, Jordy, for that gripping description for our listeners. Now let's get into what we saw with our own eyeballs, boys. What are we feeling about the episode? Is the Force strong with this one? Or is it another failed clone? What did we think? <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> who's going first? <laughs> I don't even want to talk. <laughs> yeah, who wants to go first? You want me to go first? Go for it, Phil. I will go first. I'm going to start off with one word to describe this <laughs> finale. No, no. But oh. I think it's, no, no, oh. it's not that one. I'm going with underwhelming. Okay. Underwhelming. Mm, and underwhelming. I think I saw a t-shirt and I took a picture of it today on one of my students and it it resonated with me after like going through the day and thinking about it. If you can see the t-shirt, the t-shirt says, I'm not procrastinating. I'm on a side mission. And <laughs> it made me think of Mandalorian and they were on side missions, I think, and they were procrastinating. And I think that might be why it was so underwhelming is because it just seemed like the hoops to get to this point kind of took away from the importance of it. Maybe I don't know what it was. It was just very underwhelming. And I'm again, I'm the guy who doesn't want, nostalgia just to come in and save the day you know if mace windu would have showed up i don't think i'd be the person to say it was a great finale still probably would because i love mace but <laughs> it was just underwhelming to me i think i think that what they did this season and what they've been doing for the most part but this season they should have just called this bo katan and focused on bo katan and mandalore i think that was the whole purpose of the show but it seems like they wanted to tie in this clone stuff too much with moff because of the new trilogy, like they're having, a, they're really like, we got to make this stuff make sense. And I think they have stuck themselves in this path that they're like, well, we have to make this clone stuff a thing. Um, and that's all the whole point of the Moff Gideon was just to show off that he's still cloning people for his own benefit. And we obviously know now that he's gone, the Shadow Council is going to continue the same thing. Um, this is just like a setup. So it's obviously setting up the new, the Filoni film that's coming up. I think the way it ends with Mandalorian, he's going to be the new Ranger of the Republic or whatever. It's setting up Thrawn. Now that Moff's gone, I'm kind of disappointed. I didn't want him to just die. I thought maybe him and Thrawn would cross paths. It just seemed like this season was a setup for all the things that are coming or the things that have already came. 
and it was just very underwhelming. It was great, the action. Like, I'm not complaining about the episode. It's not a bad episode. I just for it to be the finale, I was very underwhelmed watching it for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I want to start off by, I do want to start in the positive, is that all the Mandalorian combat and the fighting in the air, beautiful. some of the most epic action we've seen in probably maybe any Star Wars show all or all the Star Wars, Wars period. Yeah, all the Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> Even when, when Bo pulled out the Darksaber, she flew flew in. Um, well, even with Axe, sorry to interrupt you, with Axe at the very beginning, going through the rain or the water of the storm, like everything they did was really good, the action. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to hate on that. It's It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I do have to say a couple of things. First off, social media, it's kind of tied in with everything, everything I'm about to say, but comes down to this i don't know even though i'm saying this right now i know i won't be able to do it and actually apply it to future star wars shows but i almost think that star wars shows are better enjoyed by waiting sitting it out and then binging through the whole thing instead of on a week-to-week basis because especially star wars minds like ours they just go rampant thinking theorizing and i think they're even leaning into that and feeding into that but for whatever scenarios we come up with in our Star Wars nerd heads, um, somehow, whatever it turns out to be the reality in these shows just doesn't quite live up to all the op- op- opportunities and options. What could, what could be, be, right? What could be? Um, you yeah. know, there was all these tweets going around with the Din Djarin buddy, uh, body double actor, Brendan Wayne, who said, talking about the season three finale, that... You know, it might just hurt too much to watch. So everyone starts speculating, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, why are you putting this stuff out there? Like, I almost feel like maybe they had a completely different ending prepared and they just flip-flopped it at the last moment because they even all are theorizing about the armor and the spies. Like, who the hell were the other spies? Um, like, there's just, I don't know. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but it did cause the underwhelming feeling to kind of sour a little bit of my experience. You know, we were hoping or expecting a rescue mission like you said last week phil well the rescue mission was completed within a minute and a half of the episode yeah it wasn't i was like dang (laughs) didn't didn't take care of the two guards and then uh it didn't (laughs) then it was it then we got the cloning i mean we need an entire camino and the caminoans to do all this cloning all this technology and then moff just has a bunch of tanks pull up in, in in his in his little hallway there and then just like that i guess they're all ruined uh, like of a button, they could have done so much more with that. Like we don't really have a whole lot of answers. I was, I was like, confused with on? that because yeah. because Moff was talking about oh cloning was your guys' thing, talking about and this is not my thing. And then we see clearly it was his thing. Yeah, I guess he was. I don't know if he was trying to do that in secret yeah, or anything. Was I, just trying to plot his own. I guess thing so. Or... And he wanted to infuse it with the force. Well, he um, wanted to do it. Well, right. I yeah. guess that's what Grogu was for. He wanted to do it for himself. Which is yeah. separate from the Shadow Council. The Shadow Council is trying to do it to bring Palpatine back, I guess. And that's what I think they just like they're stuck on this cloning thing. Like we have to make it make sense why Palpatine is back or Snoke. And they just threw Moff in as like a segue to get us there. Um it was very weird. Yeah, like, and then to fin- yeah. To finish up my thoughts before I let you, you know, share your thoughts, Nick. Yeah. Basically how I summed it up in my head is like this episode or this finale kind of felt like playing a action video game on like easy mode like i didn't feel like there was like any crazy threats or stakes or struggle like it was kind of smooth sailing you know ever someone needed help bo katan was about to 
you know, die, but it was able to throw out some catchy one-liners about Mandalorian sticking together. Cause then there was Dandy in to save the day. Grogu doing some force stuff was pretty cool. But like, I never was on the edge of my seat believing that they were really about to do something that like Brandon Wayne teased as like might hurt too much to watch. I never felt that emotion, never felt that, that tension. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't, I guess, what we were theorizing or, or expecting or dreaming about, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you said that, Jordy, about when he said it was going to hurt so much to watch and all these things. Well, it was. It seemed pretty wholesome yeah. to me. Like the ending was very uh, wholesome, kind of a feel good thing. And I was like, I don't know where we could have gotten that feeling from. But um, for me, overall, I th- I was satisfied with the episode. Um, I kind of had mixed feelings when I first finished the episode and then kind of letting it digest, letting it marinate a bit. I feel satisfaction with it. I thought it was a really good episode. We saw so many, you guys touched on it, the action was sensational. Um, So many cool moments, cool imagery, you know, really good moments, touching moments, things like that. Um, And and I will say that I am excited for where we could go in the future we did set up a lot of things, like you said, Phil, and I'm excited for that. I'm satisfied with where they took everything. Um, but with that being said, it, it did feel just kind of rushed for me. Like they had to check all these boxes. They had to, you know, it all came together so quickly where they were just like, they did, they had so many side missions early on. And then we get to the finale and we have all these really cool things that I wish we could have spent more time on in different areas of the of the season and instead we're cramming it all into what felt like the last two episodes and um from that standpoint it was a little it just felt rushed to me but at the same time i was satisfied with what we saw and i thought it was a good episode for what it was at the end you, you said you were excited about where we could go but what i was thinking about is like we're literally back to where we were in, in season one kind of um dealing well, with grogu whoa. on their own like doing <sighs> doing 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 bounty missions or whatever but um ig even ig11 is back I, that didn't make any sense the ig thing didn't make any sense to me because like where they're just like trading him back and forth like a bad christmas gift like what are they doing <laughs> like the and zelen's making for the Enzelans like make it like, for grogu yeah it's like the Enzelans fix him up and he's back to grogu and Din, and then like he gets he gets blown up again, and then and then they fix him up again, and they send him to it's not back to grief. It's like, oh, what's going let's on? Let's make sure we got to get this right, guys. It's not Grogu anymore. It's Din Grogu. Din Grogu. Does that mean that? Does so that speaking mean that, of that, Jaren is his first name. It's just it's Jaren. Real first name. Good old Jar. Jar Jar, baby. <laughs> oh my lord. So yeah. speaking of that moment when he got that name. My stomach or heart dropped when she said when she when the armor said and we'll get to her in a minute when uh, when when she said but his parents are are not here and they're probably far away I threw my hands up and said oh there's season four now we gotta go yeah. find the mommy and daddy like I just thought, I will, that's what I will reunite do. them yeah that's what I thought and then like he just said he's gonna adopt I'm like all right well okay. But I thought immediately it was season four. There it is. We're going to go find Daddy Din. Daddy uh, Din. Officially yeah, Daddy Din now. Yeah, he, yeah, that's, he signed the papers. Hey, I thought it, maybe it's going to be my, his first word is going to be, I'm Grogu Skywalker. What? Oh, that's what I thought. Lord. Well, I thought he was going to say, This is the way and say, Shut up. I can talk. I thought he was going to say Wait. that. I honestly thought that too. I could see him like trying to get This is the way out. I mean, when, when the Praetorian guards 
cornered him and didn't let out this no. That was probably the closest I've gotten to this episode to really maybe feel a little bit like, wait, wait, wait. but then, you know, that was kind of solved pretty quickly too. I didn't have any emotional impact like in this episode. And again, it's, it could be You're like, a father. Well, but I still, like I didn't like, like that's, it's a good thing you said that. Cause like the end of season two, like I, I tear up, I cry. I, I, I go back and watch that last 15, 20 minutes, like regularly. Every time I watch it, no matter how many times I watch it, I, I get teary-eyed watching Grogu and didn't have that moment on top of the chill factor of Luke Skywalker. And again, you don't need Luke Skywalker to come up and save the day all the time. But like, I've already had that moment with Din, so I don't know if I can have it again with him and Grogu. Like, it's almost like we've already done it. And they really didn't do nothing other. I mean, taking his name and like the adopted thing, maybe that should have stuck with me more. It's not kind of been adopted myself. But like, it just didn't. I just didn't have the emotional impact because I think nothing can kind of reach that first moment they've already had. Maybe. Um, and then like Mandalore being restored, like it didn't, I mean, I think we just expected it to happen. I don't know. I think I was more disappointed with the dark saber being destroyed than anything. Um, yeah, dark that was, that was going to be my next point yeah. because like that, you, you introduced that in season one. It is literally, you know, the thing that has been so important in star Wars all these years for all these people. And like, they, they, it's one of the coolest things in the Star Wars. And like, this is how it's lost to history. Just a little squeeze. Like they, they should have at least spent more time on like how important that moment was. I know it's kind of a, maybe a curse has now been lifted and now, now it's not causing as much damage and all that stuff. But even, even if that's the case, you got to at least spend some more time as a, you know, as a viewer to kind of realize what, what, what happened and how important the dark saber has been in history and just instead of like with now the dark saber so just I, like i kind of like i kind of like the idea that like Bo is kind of freed from the pressure of the dark saber because that's always kind of been her like i wouldn't don't want to say kryptonite but it's like stood in her way as like why she couldn't lead mandalore she didn't have it she lost it she didn't have it the right way or honorably whatever it might be so i kind of like the idea that she can kind of move on and lead from a standpoint without the dark saber being like an element in her path but then also i didn't understand i i hated the way that it was destroyed like first of all moff was like after that thing for so long and then he's the one that destroyed it so i don't know it didn't make a lot of sense to me like how why it went out that way you know? yeah i i agree with you nick and i get why they did it because like now because i think maybe even she said it, or maybe not like mandalorian or mandalore now is going to be ruled together kind of deal like you'll have the person in charge i guess but like it's not whoever has the dark saber rules it like i think like a lot of this show this season kind of broke all the rules down and created the new mandalore so i get why they did it but i just feel like it was i don't know i liked it and i just feel like it was very underutilized I mean, I was making crazy theories like Grogu was going to have it one day. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, I'm nuts for that. But like, I just feel like it was underutilized. We didn't get to use it a whole lot. It was more people bickering over it than actually using the thing. Um, and maybe I'm just right. forgetting that. Like, there's the one time Mando used it against Paz Vizsla, um, and then Moff a few times. But like, I just feel like it could have been used more. But like when that got broken, I was like, no, he broke it. Now what? Now Grogu yeah, can't have yeah. it. Maybe that's <laughs> so why I'm just stuck on this Grogu not having it. Yeah. And um, Phil, just to kind of go back to something you said, you said something about season two finale and how emotional that was. And I agree with you. When I saw that that episode, I was bawling like a little baby. I never got to that point in this episode. But I will say I did have some positive emotions. It was just so wholesome and such a feel-good ending to the episode with, with – 
Din Djarin and Din Grogu. And it, it did it did give me some positive emotions and I felt satisfied and it was wholesome, but I, I didn't ever get to that same level of emotion that the season two finale gave us. True. What about some um some fun little things that you guys noticed or or interesting things or frustrating things that you noticed? I wanna start off by saying I don't know if you remember as Din was clearing all these special trooper soldiers one by one, the moment he shoves a guy off the edge and he tries to reach to grab his gun, but the guy tips off and falls over anyway. He's like, he misses the last minute. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, I was also going to say that that scene obviously was like a homage to the Phantom Menace. When right, they're going through right. the blaster things. The and then, Oh, here's the shining moment. R5, baby. Give my man some respect. R5 can do R2-D2 things, too. And that moment Good job, was buddy. With the little guy that loved that. GTA 5, the, the, yes. the cop chase. <laughs> he went and got his buddies to come back and mess them up. Like, that was that was a great moment. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, R5, you do you, bro. Yeah, we're going to get more R5 because um, while we were recording this podcast, it was just I don't know, leaked, not announced, but I guess somewhat leaked or brought out to the to the public that season four uh, has been written already by John Favreau and is starting filming in October of this year. So they're Ooh, diving right back in. Around. Kind of surprising for a show where it seems you know, like they had no idea where they were going anyway. They already have a whole other season ready. I don't know what they're going to do. He's going to work for the Republic. Are they going to go back to Bo-Katan back and forth? I don't know. I mean, they've set Mandalore to just come help save against Thrawn. That's what they did. But for the next season of Mandalore, Mandalorian, you mentioned earlier, Jordy, about binging this show. Mm-hmm. Andor was very good. Like We we know it was good, but one of the things I think that made it good was every three or four episodes was an arc. Like You'd watch three, and they were all connected, and then the next three was all connected, next three, whatever. They need to kind of adapt that, like, like I've, I keep, I hate complaining about it, but it is the writing is so just. It's not only we're on a side mission; it's just so out of left field. We're on a side mission, like I kind of want them to stick with an arc for two, three apps, and then go to on a new one. So I'm hoping there's maybe some changes. And again, we know we mentioned like Grogu probably waiting parts to be part of the season, and then all the other stuff. Like maybe they'll rein it in a little bit. But well, like they, they've next- done that in the the animated shows. I feel like they do the three three four episode yeah. arcs in the animated shows, the Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that. And um, even in Endor, it didn't it didn't even maybe in the animation it kind of feels a little more like all right, we just finished this, now we're going on to the next thing. But in Endor, it was so naturally flowing. Like I mean, you right. noticed that a small part of the arc was coming to an end, but it was so well written and so well planned out that it just felt like a natural flowing story. Even from A to Z, it was one big story, but within that, that beautiful flowing arcs. And that, yeah, I don't know. Whoever, whoever, everybody that was behind Andor, if they can have that type of dedication and focus and, 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 and approach to all future projects, that will be amazing. But obviously, and it's I, not going to be the case. But And if I remember correctly, I think when season one came out, they talked about like, they set this up like a Western and it, and it makes me think like, you know, if I go back and watch, I love old Bonanza. If I go back and watch Bonanza, every episode is like, there's no real, like this week it's these mm-hmm. guys are the bad guys next week. So I think they need to get like, if that's their focus, we don't like Westerns anymore, dog. We need to, we, we, we mean, want arcs, baby. Like kind of give yeah. us a, a seamless story and not just be one thing here, one thing there. I think that'd clean up the story. Yeah, for sure. If you, but if you go back to Mandalorian, season one 
and you start watching it from the beginning. So I recently went back and looked at some of these early episodes. It's like you're watching a completely different show, man. That tone yeah. was something else. Before he expanded out into all this famous Star Wars main lore that we already know, just having that that really that Western gunslinger vibe and that small story building that they had, it was they they had something special there. I think maybe they opened up too soon. I don't know. They did the side mission stuff back in season one, but it mm-hmm. to your point, Jordy, of having things kind of seamlessly flow together, it's it flowed together better. It's in terms yeah. of like we still got from A to Z while going on these side missions. Now it seems like we're jumping all over the place, and then it's like, oh, we got to wrap up all the big storylines that we've introduced, and we gave they gave us two episodes at the end that kind of did that, and they were great episodes. But I wish we could go into more in depth of the things that we're wanting to see and cover these incredible moments over the course of four five episodes or just a three episode arc like you guys are saying it would give us more time it's, for me it just my only gripe or biggest gripe with this finale was it just felt rushing they had to quickly check off some of the boxes that to get us to where we needed to be and i didn't think they gave it the tender love and care that we want for all these moments that we we had in the finale well speaking of boxes from predictions from last time, boy, were we, were we just theorizing for no reason? Unless it's something to come and play later, but armor is Jordy's cool, dog. guarantee stamp. My personal <laughs> stamp. <laughs> armor guys, is chilling. The armor, man. Guys, that was literally, it, it must have been by design because it feel like they were feeding into it too. I don't know. Like they, It had the people talking. They, they named the episode The Spies. Well, and then purpose. we even we even had Wingman, uh, her t- the actress of uh, the armor, exactly saying, "Y'all be your Wingman." Like and like just like where you said the quote about this, like even someone else said, not even someone else said, like this is gonna be a hard. Ep-. But this was it was chill. Like there was no hard thing to watch here. Like what? Like I don't get it. Like it just seemed like they were misleading us. Yeah, Moth died. Wrongful. We got Moth death. Did he? Yeah. Well, no, we yeah. Vescar pretty strong. Yeah, but it's best car alloy. It's some oh, big yeah, sorry. People were talking about um, he didn't do the T two thumb, so it ain't, he, he's not alive. How'd you guys feel about that death? Like, well, people were talking about on the poster, original official poster of Moff Gideon this season. He has a beautiful mustache, and all the clones didn't have a mustache. And apparently, the last two episodes, he also didn't have a mustache. So, you know, so the, oh, I mean, hey, clones. you know me, guys. Yeah, anything Star Wars, I just say clones. There's going to be another one, probably. Like, <laughs> like, and I even texted y'all this two weeks ago. I'm like, are they really bringing Moff back for the last two episodes just to kill him off? And his clones that we did see and him were dead just like that. So I, I was a little bummed with that. For what you said at the beginning of the episode or of this discussion, Phil, when you talked about you wished we got a little Moth Thrawn confrontation, I think that would have been really cool, too. So I'm kind of sad that we may not get that to the point where like because i kind of like the idea of moff kind of being threatened by thrawn and kind of looking up to him but also jealous of what he has and who he is and all these things that would have been kind of cool to explore Um, but that that scene was beautiful man with grogu and the flames going around all three of them that was pretty awesome i thought well segue y'all i don't know watching grogu do flips on that little thing while the Praetorian guards are coming after him was silly. It was weird. Like <laughs> him hopping. Too. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on here? Can they not get him? 
Can they? These guys just killed Paz Vizsla. I get Grogu can use the Force, but he's just hopping. Grab him. Do something. And he's giggling. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and and that's, I think that's part of the, like, where you said, Nick, like, there's no stakes. Like, we knew he was going to escape. Like, if they would have grabbed him and put him in a bag or something, I at least felt like, oh, there's a chance. We're bunch, lose bunch of, like, the, the Yeah, like, first. what's going on? Like, <laughs> he's giggling, hopping around. Like, Guys, when Yoda started training Jedi, he was about 100 years old. If my math is correct, looking back at how much time he spent with Luke, Grogu is right around 50 years old right now. Probably a little so, over 50. A little the older. Same yeah. age as what Anakin 52, would be. 52, maybe 52, something like that. Still alive. Is Din Grogu really ready to start teaching Jedi in 30, 40 years? Well, he'll have a gross birth. I don't see it. Sure. I mean, we don't know. We don't know a lot about his species, so who knows? Maybe there's like a cocoon and he comes out and he's bigger. Who knows? Like, I, <laughs> I was maybe, I was maybe expecting him to have a li little bit more of a, I don't want to say progression, like character wise, but like maturation three season. Yeah. I mean, we spent three seasons with Grogu and yes, we, we even said on pretty much every damn week, he's so cute. He's so this he's it's Grogu, you know? Like, yeah, I get it. But I don't know, maybe with this finale, I was expecting him to maybe take a huge leap and not just a funny flip, but an actual huge leap uh, forward with his, connection to the to to the force or maybe he was unlocking something in himself when he saw din in trouble that was gonna catapult his character and his you know his his growth as a jedi or a mandalorian or whatever it is to new heights but we're still kind of having the exact same cute little grogu we had in season one except now we can flip and do a little bit more with the force without getting immediately very tired right after oh he did like, plop down he did after the, the fire. He did, yeah, he's getting like, better though. He's, his stamina is definitely increasing. I guess, but I mean, was it was season one, right? When he when he lifted up the, the gigantic beast too, and that was you know yeah. only a very little training. That was really hard for um, him though, Jordy. That was really hard. I know, but he was with he was with Luke for well, well I guess it's debatable, but two years. That's what they and that's all. Luke, what are you doing, man? That's all you got. Come on. What do you mean? He taught him how to settle fights. Jump. He no, he said, taught him how to settle arguments peacefully. That's why remember remember with the did, body of IG. Jar, with, <laughs> yeah, with Jaren's, IG. What about what about if you like, have IG? I didn't teach him that. No, it's Luke, baby. Luke taught him that. Luke taught yeah, him that. What if, yeah, yo, what if he didn't have the IG twelve body, he would have been stomped to death if you're trying to get in that bottle in a little battle. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? He's gonna he was gonna punt be punted no, off the boat. Can Grogu even swim? Can he even swim? Probably not. He was about to dip himself in the waters and can even swim. Uh, what guys, what about the mythosaur guys? What about the, the we're gonna talk about where was the mythosaur? Well Grogu guys? again, he he grabbed his attention. Are we gonna go uh, are we gonna see Grogu on the mythosaur at some point or not? Like is it happening or is it not happening? I felt I felt like that was like so like they had to like show us a glimpse of the Mythosaur again, but that felt like just dude rush to me. Like they're, I, they're I saving explore it. That. You have a gigantic Imperial ship coming in, oh, crash out. This is the moment. This right. is going to be the moment for the Mythosaur to they come out and be awake. He was still napping at the end of all of it. Hold, hold on, pause, pause. We're not going to talk about Axe. Just saying, fuck it, and just kamikazing that thing 
with Great knowing planning. that they were in there. He knew they were in there. <laughs> he like, told them like, to get he's out. Like, he's like, guys, yeah, guys, guys I'm coming in. You guys should get out of here. Just letting like, you know. Just, <laughs> just letting you know, guys. Like, if Grogu didn't just save all their asses, they would have been toast. And that would have been hey, axed just kamikaze in that huge ship right into the base. Also, a small note on that. Just nitpicking, I guess, because it's whatever. But that's what we're here for. That's what we love to do. Um, you're going to tell me that these Mandalorians can't fly a couple of hundred yards to follow these bird creatures because they're out of fuel. But Axe Wolves can fly all the way up in the damn stratosphere for, for God knows how long without any issues. He's been refueled. I was like, yeah, I guess so. Halfway through. That was a cool he scene. He blasted himself out. He flew out like right before the, 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 the cruise or whatever crashed. I mean, that was cool, but I was like, Dude, what are you thinking, man? Maybe some some of your, some of your guys are busy and they can't hear you coming, like calling. That's in. what like, I'm saying. What he just, <laughs> he was just... I, I even thought that they were kind of teasing us because we were like, like they knew that us as viewers were waiting for the spy or the like. We were we were looking for something to reveal who was behind, who was working with Moff. And when Axe was like, you, you guys go ahead, I'll take care of the stuff here. I was like, oh yeah, okay, it's going to be Axe, whatever you know, like or we switched to the. To the armorer when she was talking to both. Oh yeah, now there's gonna be the reveal of that. Like and they just you know, they blue balled us. Yeah. Hoodwinked. That's a bummer. Bamboozled. Bamboozled. Run amok. Let us stray. Jaren. Jaren's his first name, guys. God, that's gonna They be... just did they just did the Ding Grogu, so now there's gonna be a new pop figure. They had the child, they had pop figures that say Grogu. Now it's just going to be Din Grogu. That's, that's just all they're doing. Just trying to make you buy stuff. We can't, we can't use Din anymore. We don't know who we're talking about. I'm calling him Grogu. It's Baby Din and Daddy Din. Daddy Din! Daddy Din! <laughs> yeah, so season four, huh? Being, fil- what? Being filmed in October. I thought we were going to go film this movie oh, first. Well, speaking of but... filming, and we never talked about this week to week, did y'all feel like the visual effects this season was not up to par to the previous seasons? I thought it was spot. It felt spotty to me. More spotty. Like there's like- a there's a part where Bo when she, after she beats Axe and she opens the saber, like it's like I, I don't know if they're filming the same way on that platform. Like there's just parts that just didn't seem good. Talking about the volume. Yeah. It just I don't. I have to say that I think the creatures were incredible. Where they were kind of shaky a little bit more yeah. than the earlier seasons because they were. Yeah. Even I think the very first episode, I remember it was like uh, I I had a feeling like. Where I was like, okay, I guess they're saving a little bit of budget for something else. But like every type of monster creature we've seen this season has been like top notch. But I don't know, maybe you're right about the I mean, environments. Like, yeah, the environments. Just I mean, just like in this were... episode though, you got some really cool imagery. I mean, like you said, Phil, yeah. the rain coming in as they the were shoulder going cams. in the, in the combat into the atmosphere, and then you've got the one scene was so cool when they were. They were leaving to go in, out of the atmosphere, oh, and then the, the, the ships came in. Out. The interceptors came mm-hmm. in. That was pretty sweet. The the yeah. explosion, the whole explosion with the ship was incredible. I don't know. I thought it looked good. At least this episode. Yeah, this episode for sure. For Mandalore. For Mandalore. The two dins just relaxing on the farm. At the end too, I like that. I like that. Maybe I thought good. I thought Grogu was about to get sniped by Fennec Shand when that circle came. <laughs> That's <laughs> all, folks. Yeah, what was that? So weird. That fell out of place to me. Yeah, that looked. That was talking about bad effects. That looked weird. That looked like strange. 
Yeah. Um, I was I was expecting a post credit scene too, guys. A little, little I was I went I was going through it and then it, you know where it kicks you to the little square on the side. I'm like, mm-hmm. where's the post credit? So I clicked the little square to see if they messed up and didn't give it to us. Yeah, they didn't. Um, they didn't. They had nothing. nothing. Well, season four is already written, guys. So what better question to kind of work towards an ending of this this episode and the finale and the the look back and look ahead? Where the hell? is season four going are we just going to have i guess um mandalorian bounty missions again but now for the new republic is it that's going to be it again like what what type of because i think it was you nick who said that you were excited about stuff that was set up but if we're looking at din and grogu i i don't really feel like anything's been set up like i said i feel like we're back to season one where it's like all right do some missions but how what are they going to be entangled with this time like what's going to happen guys what do you think well he he did say i believe that he only wanted like higher stakes, higher echelon bounties. You know what I mean? So whatever that may entail, it might it could lead to some different sort of uh, bounties for him. But then also, I, I kind of like their relationship with the New Republic. He's kind of a, a back to being a, a gun for hire, you know, kind of off the books, which is kind of cool. So and, and that kind of leaves it limitless for options to explore. And then I don't know. I just like having Grogu and Din kind of off working together. That's exciting for me because they were kind of put on the back burner for a lot of this season and then with Bo I think having Bo with the opportunity to to lead Mandalore in a position of power where she's totally respected not because she has the dark saber but because of what she's been doing this season I think that that's pretty cool and then I think that again like that's setting up things for for the whole Mandalore to come in later and maybe face off with Thrawn at some point yeah, that's what, I think that's what I meant by setup is you got Mandalore now, so you have Mandalorians on Din's side, Ahsoka's side, whoever's side, when it comes to Thrawn. Um, you're going to have, now that whether he's known or not, at some point he will, you got Din, Jaren, working with the Republic to do bounties. So now he's going to have their new Republic on his side when they go up against Thrawn. So they built like an army here on the side. You grieve Karga if he wants to lend them back IG again. It just kind of set up like they got an army kind of now if they come across a big threat um, in the way. And then all at the same time, in the back, in the secret, you're still going to have the Shadow Council making their moves. That's going to lead us to the new trilogy of Clone and Snoke and um, the Palpatine mess. So right. that's what it's set up. So I think it's just building towards a big – like I don't think – I could be wrong. They just got rid of them off. But I don't think Ahsoka's going to end with Thrawn gone. I feel like Thrawn's going to carry into the movie. And that's just where it's all going to come together. Yeah, and you know, like you said about uh, both Dins being on the back burner. When we're talking about the Mandalorian as a show within Jarn and Grogu, I think, especially going back and looking at season one, having that smaller scale stuff, having them two on their missions doing their thing, I think that's peak the Mandalorian for me. Like it's been kind of mixed in with all this other big stuff. You know, obviously the main Star Wars lore that we know. You know, now we get the Mandalorians, Bo-Katan. I guess it, it was kind of supposed to go that way anyway. But I think having them together, doing their thing, being front and center at their own, even if it's lesser scale, lesser stakes, advantage, I think that's what I would love to see. Um, and then, like you said, Phil, this this season should have been called the Book of Bo-Katan. But, but even though we were maybe a little salty about that, at the end of the day, she is the ruler of Mandalore. She brought all the Mandalorians back together. She fought for Mandalore. She walked both ways. Like her arc, she lit the the Great Forge at the end. You know, like her arc has been really cool to see. Right. Um, I guess maybe just didn't line up with what we were expecting. Right. But 
taking a step back and looking at that, I guess that's still my biggest, most positive takeaway. Um, despite not having a show that really did anything with Din or Grogu, but that's, I guess, that's my positive takeaway of this season. That's been somewhat lackluster, I guess, for me. All right, everyone, that is a wrap for All Screens and Sizes, episode 10. Thank you so much for listening. And while that is the end of the Mandalorian season, please stay tuned as we will definitely be covering upcoming Star Wars series as well as some upcoming episodes of our thoughts and ratings on movies and shows that we have seen lately. So please stay tuned. And don't forget to follow our socials again, Twitter and Instagram at Screens and Sizes. Guys, it's been fun. We've had our ups and downs. But thank you for once again enjoying another season of The Mandalorian, another Star Wars project. Thank you. Thank you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to share it with anyone else. Um, I love doing this stuff. Obviously, we would have have our heated discussions and debates regardless, but being able to capture it like we have with this podcast and be able to look back and listen back whenever we're old and gray. Um, it's some really, really fun memories, so I'm really thankful for you guys. And on to the next one. we got really exciting stuff on the horizon, guys. Yeah, later, guys. Everything's exciting except for that, uh, that new announcement of the reboot of Twilight. We're out. Bye.